Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Spectator Mode. I am your host, JJ Pietro, Joshua Jeremiah. And of course, I am being joined by the typical cohorts. Cohort number one, Keith Mitchell. What's going on, man? I do not like the horde. I When I did play WoW, I played Alliance. So for the Alliance, and I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Huh? Horde? I said cohort. I could have swore you said horde. Okay. Well... I had my ear next to a lawnmower pretty much half the day, so I'm probably, probably deaf now, or going for, deaf. For someone who claims they don't want to get back into World of Warcraft, figuring that's the first place you went, I think the tendrils are digging in, aren't they? No, they're not. No. Been, I've been free two years, it's not happening. If I hadn't gone back the first couple of months, it's not happening. Plus the fact that some other person has my name, it ain't happening. We'll see. He's coming back. Not totally happening. coming back. Despite what he says. Anyway... Cohort number two, Mr. I can't believe I dragged my ass out of bed for this shit. Carl Smart, what's going on, man? Damn right, I can't believe I dragged my ass out of bed for this shit, especially when it's negative fucking Satan's assholes are crazier. Fucking, I swear the seventh circle of hell's probably warmer than it is in my fucking house at the moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I hear Satan? Yes. Dragon Ball Satan? Or the bad guy Satan? Depends on which version you want. Personally, we could always go with uh, the one that was on Lucifer that's now on Netflix. Oh, uh, okay. That works, too. Or, or we could go to the one that's played by David Tennant in uh, Good Omens. The Christians are trying to get banned. But that's a whole different style of podcast. Yeah. Meantime, I'm just going to say, Hail the Dark Titan Sargeras, a.k.a. Space Satan, is called the day. So, speaking of podcasts, we've got one. And on this podcast, we usually talk about what games we are playing to kick off each and every episode. So, Keith, what have, what's been consuming your time over the past week? Blessing. I've been playing nothing but Bloodsting. Actually, take it back. I did play the Monster Hunter World Iceborne beta or demo. And after about a good mm, half an hour, turned it off. And I started to cry. Because, as you know, I am a PC gamer first and foremost. And Iceborne no. is not coming to the PC until winter of 2019. Which means we probably won't see it until the beginning of next year. So, I'm pretty sad that I won't be able to play that. But... Bloodstone, Bloodstone, yeah. Bloodstained is amazing. If you play Castlevania Symphony of the Night, you're going to be right at home with this game. It is so much fun. Iga is back. You know, I learned something about you today. I didn't know you were a PC gamer first and foremost. I thought you enjoyed playing console games at 30 frames per second. No, 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 no. 25 frames per second. Sometimes dipping down to 10, right? Shout out to Demon Souls on PlayStation 3 and Bloodborne on PlayStation 4. Yeah, let me shut up before the people come looking for me. Not that I care, but... Yeah, what about you, Carl? Find any Waffle Houses yet? No, I did not find any Waffle Houses. And for anyone who doesn't get the joke, I've been playing things like Bus Simulator and American Truck Simulator uh, pretty much on my, my little YouTube channel that has absolutely nobody watching. So, yay! Uh, I've actually been surprised by those games. Like They've actually given me a bit of an insight into how the, the mechanics of those particular vehicles work. Like, I realize that backing up with a big-ass fucking trailer in the American Truck Simulator is hard as hell. Uh, and I end up turning the thing, like, literally 180 degrees on my on itself, and I'm surprised I didn't blow the vehicles up. But, otherwise, learning turning circles and other stuff like that has been an interesting experience. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I just don't see the whole point of simulators, because, you know, if I wanted to play a driving simulator, i just go out to my car and get behind the wheel. Well... For someone like myself who actually doesn't drive, it's an interesting, very interesting experience because I don't have a license to drive these type of vehicles. Huh? Fair enough. You got me there. I have no retort for that. 
Just like we escape into other games because we don't have the ability to fly and shoot Kamehameha ravens from our hands or destroy evil death monsters with big our swords. Hmm. Or what, you just want to get arrested. Like, wait, if you could do all of that, what would you do? I'd probably well, do it to the wrong people. Yeah, there'd be so many people lining up to take on rape boss Donald Trump. Oh my god. Yo, somebody please make that game. <laughs> that would be amazing. Please do that. Somebody make that game. Lot of free speech so you can do it. Go ahead and do it. Uh, hi, NRA, or NSA, and all the other NNAs. I don't, I don't know. All Something. the acronyms of the corrupt Donald Trump system. Go ahead, FBI, everyone. FBI, hello. Mueller, are you going to probe us now? I don't know if we said that. You know what? Even talking about that guy just makes me sick to my stomach. Oh, my God. Right? But we're not I mean, politics. We're gaming. Uh, speaking yes. of raid bosses, that's what I've been kind of doing in the past week. I actually got a little more hardcore into world of warcraft because the patch is launching on tuesday and i wanted to get my hunter up to level 120 specifically because my hunter is a miner and on the new continent or new island of mechagon there's going to be ore that you can mine which will give you epic gems when you prospect it and i wasn't sure if the content scales like all the other zones so i figure i might as well be 120 so i don't get one shot by a bunch of angry robots while i'm trying to mine this stuff so, yeah, once flying unlocks, I'm going to be gathering some ore and making some epic gems, possibly making a level 440 ring and making millions off the auction house. At least that's the plan. So I spent my week kind of leveling that up. Other than that, I was going to ask nothing. you, I was going to be like, hey, wait, you have a hunter? But then again, I, have I haven't played a, in a while. I have a level 110 of every class except for a priest and warrior. Jesus. And now i got a 120 mage and a 120 hunter. Jeez, did they fix the Warriors? Not that I care, because I'm not coming back, but did they fix them? I don't know, I never played one. Well, That's why you I play, you're a, in a guild with people that play Warriors, right? There is at least one Warrior in that guild, right? Yeah, but I don't talk to them about their class, so I don't care about Warrior. Oh, jeez. Right, what if you need a Warrior that is, for... that is required for a certain phase, or a boss, or a raid boss, whatever, and you need a Warrior, don't you need to know the ins and outs of a Warrior to say, you're doing it wrong, do this. Well, that's no? the warrior's job to figure that out. I ain't God. a babysitter. Uh, yeah, once I get my 120 boost for the next expansion, I'm going to probably boost a priest. Let's play that for a little while, see how that plays. Heard a lot of good things about discipline, but I guess we'll see. You can always be a shadow priest. I heard they nerfed those things to the ground. Yeah, they've been kind of in a bad spot since Legion. I didn't really care to see if they actually got better. Then again, obviously I don't really care that much about priests because I don't have one. I'm probably just like leveling one or using the boost on one just to say that I actually have one. But eh, oh well. Water Warcraft. Eh. Eh. Yeah. It's it's holding me over until Pantheon. The mecca of all games for me. And then you're gonna drop it, huh? That'd be awesome. I don't think yeah. that's gonna happen. I think you're gonna play both of them. Speaking of which, the uh Pantheon June newsletter came out and uh they said a lot but didn't really say anything at the same time. They kind of gave us like an update on the Project Fairtale that they're doing, which is essentially getting the Zone Fairtale almost close to retail ready, and then possibly launching Alpha uh, or pre-Alpha 5 to test it. And if all goes well, they're going to use that as a template to build out the rest of the zones and then go into full Alpha. So they've been showing off a whole bunch of concept art. They've been showing off animation, spell effects, all this cool stuff, and they say that they've got the world's first uh, raid boss ready to go, but right now it's only tuned for five players for testing purposes, and then once it tests out and is, I guess, okay to go, they'll scale it up to whatever 
size raid they're going to have, which I don't think they've determined yet. Uh, I think they're throwing around, like, I want to say, like, 24 people as their raid size. I think that's what they're trying to throw out before, but it's still, like, not really, you know, set in stone. But, yeah, it's coming along good. Um, hopefully, we'll get some better news in July, but still, it's nice to nice to hear from a company once a month to you know see what the progress is on a game that they're working on especially when there's so many people like um you know devoting their own money and time into it to support it so you know good on them for keeping us informed and in the loop i'm just waiting for them to say beta win <laughs> i know that's what i'm money. waiting for like when i don't give beta? them money you know tell me when it's coming and then i can give you some money but i need to know when that beta's coming because i mean i know you're looking forward to this but as you know, I put a lot of money into a lot of various games. It was either frustrated, disappointed, mad, sad, severely pissed off, occasionally extremely happy, or they never delivered, took my money, and ran. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to give anybody so, else so some all, all I heard about that, Keith, was, was Bloodstained, the whole heap of other crap, and Mighty Number no. 9. No, no, no. <laughs> there was a couple games before that. There was a game, um, anime game, that I helped give money to. It was supposed to be anime beat em up. And it was supposed to debut at Otakon years ago, and the guy took the money and ran. And they could never figure out what the hell happened. Um, I did an AR headset called Seer that was hyped to be really good. I got it. It was a piece of plastic. didn't do shit. So that was money I lost. Wasn't too happy about that. Um, there is an Edge of Attorney, which is an upcoming role-playing game. They gave us access to that, and it was like, what is this shit? This is terrible. Can I please have my money back? Uh, Children of Mortar, which had a free demo, I think it's still going. Um, been waiting on that. Gave the money back in uh, 2014. Still waiting on that. Star Mazer, 2015. Still waiting on that. Drift Stage, 2014. Still waiting on that. I can keep going, but yeah, I haven't no, gotten no, my shit. I'm sure you could, but uh, but on the flip side, it's like. Okay, so you pay all this money for a lot of stuff that hasn't really eventuated and probably will never eventuate, which is, you know, the risk you take with the, the Kickstarter program. Yeah. But then again, like, you, if one thing that I've noticed this week is I've, is finding, or at least we both have noticed, is finding stuff that people with passion who have done stuff for free and gotten it out a lot quicker than people who are, like, raising money for shit. You're referring to the games that I, talked, that I showed you earlier. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's a difference between a passion project and something that you need money to continue. Passion products are usually something that within scope. You know you're going to do it. You have the resources to do it, and you're going to do it. Versus Kickstarter is, hey, we got this idea. We have an idea what we're going to do. We have sort of a plan, but we need your money to make it happen. And those are always a 50-50. Either it comes out, it doesn't come out, or if it does come out, is it what you initially thought? My number nine. Yeah, but... For people who are actually not wanting to spend some money and still like get a really decent game, uh, go check out what was it MersoX dot com or like we'll, we'll put a link. We'll put a link on the uh, the podcast. Who have made some pretty interesting uh, sort of remakes or sort of new versions of two D side scrollers like Turtles and Power Rangers, completely done passion projects. And oh yeah, complete. they're fun and. You could always put them on like Patreon or PayPal, but you know they're still putting out the games regardless. I just looked up and I found the game that it was the, the uh, anime game that's supposed to show off at, at Otakon that disappeared, and people were still asking about it years later. What happened to our money? Yeah, it's gone. 
I don't know how that's legal. I thought there was a, a legal obligation to deliver or give back the money if it's on Kickstarter. If you if you go and read terms and conditions, they will say that it is risk. You take the risk of investing in something that may not eventuate. You know, if other companies did that, we'd be f- screwed. No, it's the same with any investment. That's essentially why they they call it investment, not. You know, you're buying a product. You're investing in the possibility of a product. But isn't my house an investment? Can I not pay the bank back? You you probably couldn't pay the bank back, but I'm pretty sure they're going to have something to say about that. And take my house away. They they have... See what I mean? It's not fair. It's an investment, though. But, yeah, see what I mean? There's there's investments yeah, but, and then there's at investments. At the same time, there's, there's investments in, like, shares and companies that don't eventually open. Companies go bankrupt. Yeah. Are they obliged to pay you out? No. So that's that's sort of the same category that these type of things fall under. It's like Which company. goes back to why I'm like, yeah, I, I want I want Pantheon to do well, but show me something before I give you any money. And I I, I want to say that I'm ninety five percent certain I will never kickstart anything ever again. Oh, believe me, I've, I I learned after like two kickstarters, don't bother doing anything. I mean, like if you see my Kickstarter page, it is atrocious because I I, I really want to help people. And some of them have delivered, and some of them were really great. Bloodstain, I haven't got my game yet, but the finished product is amazing. Children of Mortal, I haven't got my game yet, but the beta that we got access to and the demo we got people got access to was great. Uh, that Dragon Cancer was amazing. Uh, anime that I, I helped fund, Under the Dog, that was pretty good, even though it was just one episode. So there have been some good things, but there just ha- there has been some really big stinkers on this as well. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not my, sure how we got my, to this my place. One li- my one literally shows up as like two two investments. One was Mighty Number no. Nine, which I think everybody regrets. And <laughs> I uh, loved it. The the pilot. I did not love it. I liked it. Okay, he liked difference. it. And a and a pilot for um, Zinescope's Grim Fairy Tale series. Yeah, I've spent too much money on my Kickstarters. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like I find stupid little things, like some guy who decided to turn uh, Super Mario Brothers into like a speed run battle royale thing. That guy was told and, and to that, take that, that shit that thing, down. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and then Nintendo stepped in and was like, nope, take that down. Oh, that was a good three days that it lasted. Come on, you know any damn well you touch a Nintendo product. Nintendo's like, no, nope, no, nope, you need to stop now. Do it now or we're going to see you out of existence. Do it now. Hey Nintendo, oh, no. can I stream your product? No. He, 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 he went. He, he went. He went and changed it around. Yeah. Now called DCMA Royale. Yeah, and changed the characters. Like, oh. <laughs> but there was a topic you guys were talking about before we started the show because E three E three is still in the minds of a lot of people. So gaming news has been really dead, slow, dead. No, it's dead. Dead. They're not dead. It's it's on life support. We'll put it that way. Life support. No, no. Confirmed dead. Okay. Proceed over it. Throwing the toe tag, dead. Okay. But there was an interesting topic that we did want to discuss because I think it's something that we really need to discuss because it literally could be the future of gaming as we know it. Deepest boobs? Um, I don't mind about that anymore. I'm past that. I'm an adult now. I don't care. Everybody's quiet now. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) what we're actually talking about is... uh, the fact that Square Enix, speaking oh of you know Tifa's boobs, actually is contemplating going with a subscription service for all of their titles, or possibly adding their name to other subscription services, something along the lines of that. But the bottom line is, they want to basically charge you money every month 
to play their games. And there's been a lot of discussion about that, and there was even an article on Gamma Sutra which actually debated whether or not that subscription services would be the future of the gaming market. And if you think about it, with the industry moving towards that all-digital direction, you know, having a subscription service kind of makes sense because everything's going to be streaming anyway. You might as well just charge a certain amount per month and to give people access to your whole library. And that actually, for a game studio, in my opinion, cuts down on costs because now you don't actually have to um, worry about porting games over to different systems. You basically just stream it over a service and just make the service compatible with the system. And that would actually cut back on a lot of costs in that regard. But there's also a lot of downsides to it, too. Oh, yeah, there are. Oh, yeah, tons of downsides. And let's not even go with the obvious one about American Internet. So, I mean, that in and of itself has been an argument we've beaten to the ground, like, many times. But there's also the whole, you know, game store thing. I mean, we got Epic Game Store. We got Steam. We've got Origin. We've got you know, you play, we've got everyone and their mother already charging for their own stores, their own services. So this is starting to become like an oversaturation problem. And we all know what happens when a market goes into oversaturation. It typically just goes down. Whether or not that's going to happen in a digital Welcome age back like to this. 1983, let's have our digital versions of Atari's uh, ET Raiders throwing the garbage. Right? Exactly. It's find a landfill out in New Mexico and put all of our digital trash in it. Because but that's can, you, really, can you do that it's digital? It's, you, you can't grab it. You can't touch it. But you can delete it. You can delete it and you can remove it. You just delete it. We know, honestly, this is no different than what we're seeing in the TV media space where pretty much every, every company is coming up with their own subscription service. You've got Comcast has got thinking about one. We've got Netflix. We've got Hulu. For uh, Verizon, Fios is bringing up one. You've got so many other different services that are out there for people that want to cut the cord that cable is actually looking like a better alternative, which is funny because the reason why people got away from cable is because of this service offering something. Even the one coming out later on from Disney. And it's like, you've got all these services and they're all having something that you want that, you know, $25, $15, $10, it adds up. And you're like, well, my cable bill was cheaper than this. What the hell is going on? And yeah, we're seeing the same thing now in the gaming space. As you mentioned, okay, so a couple days ago, Ubisoft also came out and said during E3 that they're doing their own subscription service, which is not worth it in my eyes because they don't really have anything that's worthwhile. Their catalog is so so small, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. Um... I would probably say the same thing as Square Enix. Their catalog is not that big unless you're a really big fan of Japanese role-playing games. Um, they don't have anything outside of that that really interests me. Bethesda, I don't think Bethesda announced one. I'm pretty sure that they, I'm pretty sure everybody out there right now is thinking about doing one. And I think that's because of the success of Xbox Game Pass. Before people did it, just is a quick way to get a buck. But Xbox Game Pass has shown that, hey, this, 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 um, I don't want to say method, I don't want to say platform. This model is viable. That letting people pretty much rent games like a Netflix on a monthly basis, give them access to new games when they come out, give them a discount on the game if they want to buy it outright, 
is worthwhile. And I know a lot of people are going to say, Keith, why did you say Xbox Game Pass? EA has been doing it for years. Yes, they have been doing it for years. But they have not seen the success that Xbox Game Pass has, which is why I said it. Anybody else want to weigh in on that? Well, I'm just basically thinking like ahead. Like, Let's take, for example, this actually works. Like, Just for argument's sake, this business model is like the best thing ever. It takes off, and this does become the future of gaming. That pretty much means physical games are gone. So you're not going to be able to walk into a GameStop or a GameStop or a GameStop because, let's just face it, that's pretty much the only place aside from a Best Buy you can get a video game that you know most Josh, people know about. Josh, outside of that, it's getting to the point where we may not be able to walk into a GameStop anyway, the way they're going. Exactly. So essentially, what you do is you buy a console. You come home, plug it in. You have no disk drive. There's nothing to stick in the system. You turn it on. And the first thing that it asks after you set up your, your credentials, it's going to say, all right, here's the subscription services you would like to subscribe to. Please choose the ones you're interested in. Then you'll see basically every single major manufacturer from Nintendo to Square Enix, Microsoft. Because let's just say that the industry just you know, plays together. We have one console to rule them all or something like that. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I choked a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. That's never happening, but Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So let's just say we have a one console to rule them all situation because there's no need for competition because everyone has their own separate service now. And that's how they're going to make their money. So now basically you've got, like, say, Square Enix that's like five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. Nintendo's got another one that's ten bucks a month. Now all of a sudden you've got yourself a package put together that's going to possibly run you like ten different services from different manufacturers or different uh, creators of video games because. You can only play Mario on Nintendo. You can only play Final Fantasy on Square. You can only play Sonic on Sega. You know, you can pretty much do all that stuff. And now you're running around $100 a month for 10 services, give or take, just to play the games that you could normally do by spending 60 bucks on a console and then just playing that game forever. You don't have to worry about it. Or you pay $20 a year to Nintendo, you get access to like a whole NES library. You know, that is a scary future. To think that no physical media... You have to stream everything, and every company in the world has their own subscription service, and you just stream their games exclusively on their service, no cross-platform, because there's only one platform now, no cross-generation because it's only one console, and that's it. That is a very scary future to think about, and of course, there's like a very small chance of that happening in reality, but I'm just saying in a vacuum, if everything goes correctly and this actually takes off, that could be the future. You know, to be honest with you, I, I don't have a problem with most of that, and that definitely will be the future. I won't say physical games are going to go away, but we've already seen a decline of that. We're probably going to see that more and more toward the future. Um, streaming, direct streaming, only streaming is the caveat. That can never be a thing. That brings to mind Google Stadia. That model is going to freaking fail. It cannot be like that. If you let me rent my games via the subscription service that I can download and play them on my Xbox, my PlayStation, my Unified Box, PC, whatever. That would work, bearing you have a decent internet connection or you can sit there and wait forever. Um, we've seen it. We've seen it working. Again, Xbox Game Pass, EA Origin subscriptions have shown that that model works. Now, if you were to tweak it, say I get a bigger discount if I buy this game, then fine. Because if you look at Xbox Game Pass, the only big downside to that, other than paying it monthly, is the fact that outside of first-party games, the third-party games rotate in and out. 
So say you were playing a game you really enjoyed and they rotated it out. Well, that's it. Now you have to go buy it. You missed your chance to buy it when it was on the service. So now you pay the full price. So if you offer a better incentive, like, hey, Dark Souls 5,000 is normally $60. If you buy it off of Xbox Game Pass, you save 20%. You'll get it for, you know, what is it? $45, $40, something to that effect. So if you did it that way, that's a really nice incentive to keep you from, from not buying it through the service or buying it from GameStop or Best Buy or wherever, you know. Um, I'm not going to make a case for, for physical media because I've already said that physical media is on its way out. It's not this year, it won't be next year, it probably won't be for the next 10 years. But physical media will eventually be the minority. Yeah, personally, you know, thinking on it, if this were to actually go through, I believe it would be the death of gaming, honestly. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, some services might actually get their, you know, subscriptions to their biggest loyalist fan base, you know, like those who only care about Mario and Zelda will subscribe to Nintendo. You know, some who are diehard Final Fantasy fans or people who love Last Remnant or whatever else that Square Enix makes, they'll probably pay for that service. And that's fine. I mean, when you hear the thought that a company will give you access to their entire back catalog of items and games and everything they've made for one low monthly cost, it sounds amazing. But when you start adding them up side by side, you're going to quickly realize you just can't afford everything. And then you're going to realize, hey, I used to get everything just by owning a PlayStation or an Xbox because all these developers just made all their titles and just, you know, I could buy them at my leisure. I could pick and choose what I wanted. And now I can't do that unless I pay someone else another monthly service fee. And sooner or later, you know, you're not going to have a broad audience because nobody can afford everybody's subscription all at once. And that over time is going to lead to, well, like a whole division of gamers. Um or the division of gamers, I should say. Like, everyone's divided on what they're actually going to be, you know, paying for. And then, all of a sudden, you know, maybe Square Enix gets, like, a million subs. But what if, like, I don't know, Devolver Digital gets, like, I don't know, a thousand? You know, just, like, throwing it out there. Just, like, picking random things, like, from one extreme to the other. Obviously, one of them's going to fail. If it does, where do they go? Physical media is dead. It's all subscription services. Their subscription can't sustain their business. They're gone. What happens to those titles? Well, I guess another company could buy them or nothing could happen. And that could happen to a lot of different studios, a lot of different game developers. And all of a sudden, you don't have access to games because you're not in business anymore. I think if it ever got to that extreme, that's when the small companies would have to hook up with bigger companies. They simply have to do it. And it, it's, we're seeing that now. If you look at, if you look at Steam, if you look at um, Epic, game, or Epic, yeah, Epic Games' uh, game store, Smaller people. Look at how many studios they consume every single year. Well, they're buying them out at, at a very exponential price. That, that I wouldn't consider that the same thing. They're doing that to shore up their first part offering for the next Xbox. So I wouldn't consider that the same thing. But like a smaller studio made of three people that can't afford to publish their own game. So they go to Steam and Steam takes care of all that for them. They pay them a certain fee, and Steam takes care of that. So, say Devolver Digital did have their own streaming service, they, they're going under, they would move their catalog to Steam. Okay, we can't keep going, We want but we want to keep these games available to our customers, we're going to move to your platform. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where um, digital apocalypse, that you're envisioning, or, or you're, you're mentioning, I don't think that'll ever get that way, because yeah, that would be bad. That would be a death stroke to gaming everywhere. As long as you're able to download games directly and keep them and own them for your forever, well, 
you can't really own a digital game. You can't own any game forever unless you're in Australia. Because <laughs> we don't have that here in the United States of America. Uh, it's really weird. And this conversation definitely shows there, there are definitely a lot of lines that need to be crossed. A lot of foundries that things maybe we shouldn't cross. So it, it's definitely a big conversation. And you got to wonder how many companies are actually having this conversation in their boardrooms and back rooms and on the street and at the war core. And if you think about it in an in in extreme, it's definitely very scary. I can, I can pretty much guarantee every company is having this discussion in some form or another. It's the same thing with VR. You know, Oculus Rift got announced, and all of a sudden, everybody and their mother is making the VR headset because they see it as the biggest craze. And it honestly hasn't really taken off the way that most people have hoped. It's gotten better. VR has gotten better. It has, but it's not like this big, major, like innovative thing that oh, no, I'm no. guessing these companies would have banked on. And honestly, as soon as I saw everyone creating their own VR headset, I just automatically thought of oversaturation again. Everybody wants to get on board. And honestly, if you're a business, you can't really blame someone for wanting to do that. But no one actually takes in account, like if you're producing a VR headset, you're weighing yourself against competitors who are doing the same thing. Like, what are you going to offer to draw people to your headset? And when you look at them side by side by side, there's very little reason, aside from maybe some exclusive games or experiences, to go for one headset over the other. And it just seems like a whole bunch of people are just throwing their VR headset into the piles and hoping that someone reaches in and grabs it. Yeah. And, and that's basically the way everything happens. It's the corporate mentality. One company sees someone else do something and like, hey, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should do it. And all of a sudden, 15 other companies do the same thing. And now, as a consumer, what do you do? Are you going to buy 15 different pieces of hardware? Are you going to buy 15 subscription services? Are you going to buy 15 consoles? No, you're not. No one's going to afford all that stuff. So oversaturation is an absolutely terrible idea. And this applies to subscription services as well. If you have to subscribe to everything in life, who is going to afford that? Not everyone's going to be able to afford every little thing. And they're going to be forced to choose what they want. And I guess that's fine for the person, but not for the company, because all of the companies they didn't choose are missing out on money. Is it any different than right now? I mean, we've got Xbox, PlayStation 4, PC, Switch, and a couple other niche things out there. Not everybody can afford every console or afford the PC, so companies are missing out regardless. It's just yeah, like you're any business. about four things versus possibly 20 to 30 things. Survival of the fittest, I hate to say that, but that's what it is. It literally will now come down to choice. Yeah. Because, you know, hell, look at what we're already doing. You know, you've got subscription services for TV all over the place. You, you know, it, it started, it, this all goes back to how can we make more money? And these type of things, as absurd as they sound today, once they start becoming implemented and becoming normal, people are going to end up doing them anyway. That's, that's how we've got DLC. That's how we went from expansion packs to DLC. How we went from DLC to microtransactions. Sorry, I mean surprise mechanics. And and so on and so forth. It is now becoming normal for when you get a new TV or whatever. It's okay. What do I want on this? Do I want Netflix? Do I want Hulu? Do I want this? Do I want that? And, and people pay it. Because people fundamentally are dumb. Because once wow. something becomes normal, <laughs> they will they will just fucking flock to it and be no because we have no other choice. I mean, sure we have a choice. There's, 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 things things will keep changing, keep, and you you will have some sort of choice, quote unquote. 
But at the end of the day, you're still going to end up doing something. So if all the companies, major companies at least, start doing some sort of thing where they're like, okay, well, if you want, say, back catalog of all Square Enix products, then pay us 10 bucks a month. Okay, I mean, we can't we can't stop them from doing that. We just got to hope that maybe they cut a deal with, say, Xbox and go, okay, well, if you want to, if we'll we'll include our stuff into your game rotation if you put up Xbox Game Pass by, like, say, a dollar a month or something like that. If you want to roll it into the three big companies, then I don't see as much a problem with it because we're already paying to access the fucking internet in the game consoles, like to play online, multiplayer, which was originally when it first came brought in, wasn't a paid service. Sony didn't do it, Nintendo didn't do it, Microsoft didn't do it. Then Microsoft did it, it worked. Sony copied, it worked. Now we have Nintendo doing it, and it works. But see, that's that line of thinking is not completely correct. If they're offering you a service, I I agree one hundred percent. Be able to play multiplayer games should not be paid. I should have an option if I want to buy if I buy this game, I should be able to go online and play a game online. I should not be paywalled and say, oh, you like PlayStation. Oh, you gonna play online? No, you need to pay us. I don't like that. I always hated that, and I thought that was shit. I liked what Microsoft did because they gave you services when you paid them. If it was just jump online and play a game without paying us, that's how it should be. PC is a perfect example. And Microsoft tried that crap on the PC, and everybody was like, no, no, we're not doing this. This is not happening. And what is it? What, what was it? Windows, what the hell was it? Windows Gaming Live or... I don't remember the exact wording of it, but the service they tried to offer died really quick when the PC market was like, we're not doing this. I don't think that would ever happen on the consoles because their thought is just like that. They think that we're providing you all, we're providing you services. We are the middleman. We're giving you more than just playing online. So you have to pay us. And that, but maybe that, that should but go that, away. But that's, but that's the thing, though, Keith. Like, you say, oh, it might not happen on console. It'll happen on console. Take a look at how, you know, originally we saw looking at mobile gaming, and microtransactions, oh yeah, that'll never happen on consoles. Now look at what's happening. When something is a guaranteed money maker, it's going to spread like wildfire through the industry. And this it's is where I, I agree with where I agree with Josh, where oversaturation is going to become a thing, and it's going to crash the market. Oh, oversaturation is already a thing. I don't think it'll crash the market if people start voicing voicing their opinions. Voicing, we're not going to do that. But we're not going to play ball. Don't voice their opinion these days. Like you get. Small pockets like people like us who actually sit back and actually look at this from more than I would, one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would I won't agree with that hundred percent. The average consumer will not bother because for every average consumer who turns around and decides suddenly that they're going to go, okay, I'm not. A, I'm not wanting to do this thing. There's fifty other saps out there that just blindly open their wallet and go, hey, I have my money. I agree. I will agree with that. But I, I will go back and say there are people that will voice their opinion, will open their mouths. I mean, look at Star Wars Battlefront 2. Look what happened there. Everybody was like, this is dumb. We're not doing this. And they had to go back. Look at what happened with Forza 4 when they were like, we're going to give you these loot boxes. And everybody was like, nope, nope, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing this. And they were like, all right, we're taking it out. Did it for Gears of War 4. Everybody was like, nope, we're not doing this shit. And now they came back and said, yo, Gears of War 5, we're not adding them. There have been so many games that people are like, we're not doing this microtransaction shit. We're not doing it. And some companies have been receptive, like, you, you're right, we're going to pull back, we're going to hold off. Because people did open their mouth. Now, I agree with you, there are not enough people to say, 
no, we don't like this. We're not playing ball. I'll go back to Call of Duty. I've been saying Call of Duty is one of the biggest things in years, one of the biggest issues in years. People, hey, let's pay for a half-completed game. Let's pay for this map pack. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. It's great. You're paying for a half-completed game and paying more money, sometimes nearly the same price as the game you just bought, for maps that should have been in the game. Are you serious? Thankfully, I would like to think that gamers as a whole are starting to use or starting to think with their money more and more now. There are other people out there that don't care because they have money out to spend out the yin yang or they get it from mom or dad or they have great jobs and they pay money. I mean, I, I have a decent job. I don't go out there and buy every freaking game in the world. That shit's not happening. If I see a service that is stupid, say again? That's because you spend it all on the hardware. I, I, I'm smart with my hardware. I sell hardware to get hardware. I am, I am on top of that game. I, if I could sell a, a GTX 1060 for damn near the same price that I paid for it, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah, take it. Give it. I mean, yeah, thanks for buying this car. I don't know why you paid that price, but thanks. <laughs> but, and I know we're kind of off track, but it 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 does it is part of the the entire uh, subject topic spectrum. I I don't think people are as I want to say sheepish or lemming mentality as they were in the past. We've they've gotten better. They've gotten better. And as long as there are people like us like other outlets, like people on Twitter, people on Reddit, who, who come out and say, you know, this is wrong. This should not be happening. And people take notice. I mean, as much as I hate the guy, I will give Jim Sterling some credit for pointing out things to people. The people listen to him. I, I don't like half the stuff he says, but when he, what, when he does say something that makes a lot of sense, I will agree with him, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but to, to sort of go against that thing, though, it's it's harder to turn around and say we're not going to take this anymore when something's already become established. Okay. It's harder because, because the voices like Jim Sterling, who is pretty much ignored by the entire industry, voices like ours who are too small to affect the industry, and those people who turn around and go, "Well, I'm not going to buy this," the industry doesn't care. The only ones that they care about are the people that are spending the money. Yeah, I'll then, that. You know, so. Saying that we can smarten up and we can start dropping things on our wallets, you know, like not do as much with our wallets and everything. Again, it's that, you know, one person turns around and says, no, there's 50 others there that are going to take up and keep it going. And that's why this shit continues to spread to this day. It's why the idea of subscription services, when it becomes the norm, which I can almost guarantee you it will, because, you know, everybody's going to start copying Xbox Game Pass, seeing after that success. And it's going to be, you know, it's, the consumer's going to grab it by the time. So it's, we're, we're trying to resist an inevitable, which is, which is unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that the industry is going this, down this direction, that it is putting profits before games, that it is putting the idea of games as a service instead of games as a product, which sucks for people like us. Like I believe me, I'm enjoying the shit out of Xbox Game Pass right now because I'm getting a chance to play games that I never fucking played on an Xbox. And that's how it should be. You're getting access to stuff. That's what it should uh, exactly. Exactly. That's what it should be. But if it's now every single company starts doing it, I'm really gonna be like as Josh said. I'm gonna be looking at what I want. Do I really want to pay the ten bucks a month for the Square Enix? Do I really want to pay the $45 a month for fucking Capcom because we know they're going to overcharge something shocking? 
But you should. Do, you do, should do I, be looking at your money. Do I, do, I, do I still want to pay, you know, the 15 bucks a month that I'm paying for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate? Do I still want to pay my 70 bucks a year for PlayStation Plus? Do I still want to pay my 20 bucks a, a year for Nintendo's, you know, offering of crappy Nintendo games? You know, it's now getting to that point where it's like, but that, I, that it is, yes, you're going to have to pick and choose. But at the same time, as a gamer, I want to support all those studios. Because as a gamer, I want to play games. I don't want to have to sit there and pick and choose like a, like a, like a parent picking their favorite fucking child at Christmas. You cannot do that. <laughs> I can say as a parent, that does not work out very well. But Well, that's, that's the point. It doesn't work out very well. <laughs> it does not work out very well. <laughs> Not that I've tried. You know, here, here, Jimmy, you get the Xbox. Here, Tiffany, you get the stick. <laughs> Why? Because then, I could only afford the subscription of the Xbox. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a lot of this is, it, it does seem like, end of the world, worst case scenario. I, I don't think that we would ever get to that point. I, I agree that we have, ha- likely companies have been thinking about this. But I would like to think that some of these companies that don't really have a catalog worthwhile would even waste their time. I don't think Cap- Capcom would do this. It wouldn't make any sense for them. They've tried doing stuff like this, like putting ads in Street Fighter shit, and company people revolted. It was like, this is dumb. Why are you doing this? I don't think. That's, that's, but the thing is, it's different. It's one thing difference to say we're going to put ads in shit, as opposed to, hey, we're going to open up our entire backlog of everything from arcade, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, everything, and you can stream it on one system. Or well, if you buy the, or if you buy the pass, we're going to put it over the Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox. All of a sudden, you have access to all these games for ten bucks. And I'm talking, you go back to like real proper classics. Like Josh can sit there and go, "Well, shit." As much as I love my physical Mega Man collection, I don't. I can now leave that as a pretty display wall because I have everything digital thanks to the Game Pass. Thankfully, I don't think we'll ever, later. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get to that point. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where there'll just be one machine to rule them all. Companies okay, are too okay, greedy. No, it'll it'll be ten bucks per month per console. We know this. Yeah, companies are too greedy. They, 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 that will never happen. But we're, de- we're definitely never going to have the. Oh, this secret phone will die. Really which is the one console to rule them all? It'll never happen. We're, we're, we're never going to get that either. But I'm hoping hoping that maybe one day. You know, they might actually be smart enough to go, hey, if we do, like, work with all three companies as a third-party developer and go, hey, look, we'll pay, if they pay, say, 20 bucks a month, we can access it over three consoles. Great idea. They still make money. I mean, at the end of it, I don't care if they did this as long as there is another option. You can still buy the games normally, but for convenience, we have this streaming service, this subscription service. Okay, great. Like you said before, as long as there is an option. See, I don't, I'm not a fan of streaming games as as a service. I think if they offer like Xbox Game Pass currently does, which is where you have access to the game, you can download it onto your hard drive and do it that way. I don't mind because give it another 10, like hell, give it another two years and the standard hard drive size on a, on a console could be anywhere up to 10 gig. And that's a shitload of games. I think you, you did your math wrong. You said 10 gig. Uh, sorry, 10 terabytes. There you go. So, you know, like they might have, say, a, a, two, a 250 gig SSD where they keep the, the main 
you know, the main mechanics of the... Can I come back and say I've been asking for that for years and companies are stupid? Hybrid drives are a thing. No, no, not even that. Not even that. You know, as it stands right now, when you have an Xbox or a PlayStation 4, the operating system does take up some of your hard drive. When they patch, it goes on your hard drive. Why is there not a a, a flash drive in the console that takes up the, uh, the OS so when you swap storage, you're not affecting the main operating system? It's just dumb. Why are we not doing this? PCs as well. Because, that, because that's logical. It's like, why are we not doing this? It makes so much that, sense. That, that, that's Well, that's why I, like, I built my PC the way it is. I have a dedicated drive that is nothing but the OS. Everything else is handled by a secondary drive. So that way if I, so that way if I go to rebuild something, then I just pull, pull the drive out, change the system, plug it back in, and it goes. I'm pretty sure. Believe me, I've had to do enough hard drive swaps in the last couple of years. If you clone them, they're fine. <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure most people's machines are like that because same way, I, I, I clean my machines once a month. So if I have a main solid-state drive that has all my operating stuff on there, Windows, my programs, Steam and whatnot are on a different drive because Steam, if you redo a machine with Steam, Steam is awesome. You can kill everything other than a couple files and Steam will come right back. Reinstall it, Steam's like, oh, hi, what happened? Oh, here's your shit back. Enjoy. So... Most 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 uh, game services are like that on a PC, so I don't have a problem with that. Um, but no, I, I think I'm in the majority here. I, I don't have a problem with that. Again, as long as there is an option, give me options and I'm fine. You want to do a streaming service? You want to do a subscription service? Fine. Just keep the original model in place. When you strip that away from us, I have a problem. And give us deals for fuck's sake. If you're gonna go down this route where you're gonna charge money for a back catalog or whatever, or some sort of service. Work out a deal with the companies that works in with their current thing. You know, it's, hey, you've got Xbox Game Pass. Well, instead of having to pay 10 bucks, we'll give you 5 bucks or something. I mean, like, they work, do have some work, deals. Work out, work out some deals where it's going to be cheaper if we buy in bulk or something. Or whether, you know, you work it in with Xbox Game Pass and it all, you know, it might put the price up that you're actually saving money rather than getting the things on the individual. Well, they do have that. They do have something like that, like Xbox Game Pass does. You buy a game if you have it. If you have if you have Xbox Game Pass right now, and also uh, on PC, Xbox and PC, obviously, if you buy a game through that service, you get a discount. That works. I like that, and I don't have to use Xbox Game Pass ever again if I chose not to because I've got that game on the cheap. That's a good idea, and I think it's like what twenty percent right now. So that's pretty decent. Josh has been very quiet on this entire thing so far. You two are just having a good back and forth, so I'm like, I'm going to stay out of this. <laughs> you got to talk, man. This is a three-man podcast, not a two-man podcast. You can be the neutral person. What do you think? Or I not. I gave you my thoughts. I don't like it. <laughs> All right, there simple. you go. So you're not neutral, see? And like I can say, I'm not saying that I agree with it. I think there can be some good points if they do it properly. Well, I'm not you a... F- you, mean, you mean Josh is not going to buy buy the uh, the Capcom Mega Man streaming service for two ninety nine a month? Nope. Yes, so okay. all the games. Even if the money goes to buy, to finally bring out Mega Man Legends Three. <laughs> Why the hell did you have to go and say that? <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. Damn it, Carl. Sorry. <laughs> Not happening. I'm sorry. God, you got it. He's like, yeah, no. I mean, we didn't hear anything about the next Mega Man E3. Capcom's like, yeah, Mega Man did great. Um, who? Monster Hunter World, Resident Evil, Street Fighter, Mega Man. Who? And I know I'm making Josh sad, but this is exactly what they did. Yeah, so, where, 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 where was my Resident Evil 3 make, goddammit? 
They're working on it. They're working on it. I don't care. Give me something. Hell, just give me like a nice 4K rendering of, of Nemesis or something. Just something. I mean, I guess E3 News would have been nice on Mega Man, but they did actually say that they were building towards the next Mega Man game. They didn't say what it was. If it was Mega Man 12, Mega Man X9, Legends 3. They didn't say what it was, but even though it wasn't coming out this year, it would have been nice at least to say something at E3. Or it could be a Mega Man mobile game. That's Mega also Man a bad thing. Damn That's it, a- Keith. First, Carl gets me, you know, thinking about a subscription service if the proceeds went to building Mega Man Legends 3. And now you got to go and break my spirit even further by saying Mega Man Mobile. Like, what hey, the hell is wrong hey, with you people? Hey, look at this stuff we saw at E3. Look at what we saw. You like torturing me. Look at this. It's mobile. Uh, what? Yeah, it's mobile. No. No. <clears throat> no. Sorry, Josh. I would love to see another Mega Man just like you would. I would love to see a Mega Man Legends 3 so everybody can finally stop asking for it for Capcom to pull a redeeming arc. I'm like, hey guys, we know, we're sorry. Here it is. It's glorious. But Get off the moon. This is not happening. But then again, we said that about Mega Man, and look what happened. It was great. It took seven years, but it happened. So, <laughs> so 14 years, we'll get Mega Man 12. Sounds about right. Will you care about games then? I'm pretty sure I won't. I don't know if I'll care about a lot of things tomorrow. Forget like 14 years from now. Ah, all right. All right. Um, I, I think we're kind of winding down here. So, um, good. We're we not going to touch on the EA good, thing. Good. Yeah, I was about to say, can we have any, a bitch fest about EA? Oh, God. Go ahead. I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to eat this food that my wife gave me. I'll be back in like a second. Well, a minute. <laughs> that. Seconds too quick. <laughs> all right. So, the dead horse is being beaten once again because Electronic Arts announced to UK's parliament that loot boxes are not gambling. They are, get this, surprise mechanics. Yes, surprise mechanics. It's like, it's like it's no longer shell shock. It's now battle fatigue. It's no longer battle fatigue. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. It's still shell shock. It's still loot boxes, and it's still gambling. Don't believe me? Here, let me paint a scenario for you. You pay money, RNG happens. Then you get to determine whether or not you get the grand prize. What did I just describe? If you guess loot boxes, you're wrong. I just described a casino. Thank you, Carl. You, you, what do you, you think? You just described a casino. You described every trading card game on the planet. You, uh, card collecting in general. Uh, shit, anything that has a predetermined value ratio to us. And this is, this is the big thing that came out of it was like, okay, uh, EA straight out said, oh, it was, uh, no, it wasn't EA, it was uh, Epic, who were also present at this UK uh, hearing, stated, no, we don't hire internal auditors or anybody to see if this stuff is profitable. The key word being there, internal. The people that they hire to see if this shit will work and is profitable are freelance. So that's wording that they got around a parliament who if you go and read the the full article about it uh, it's just about everywhere everybody's covered it in the past week you'll find that the biggest connections have been the uk parliament weren't ready for any of this there are a bunch of people who really have no real idea of gaming at all and they got trounced by pr speak and double talk and lawyer bullshit the biggest thing coming out of it was saying oh loot boxes aren't gambling they're surprise mechanics they're the same thing as going and picking up your uh what are they, hatchimals 
at the toys at the toy store or your Kinder Surprise, where you don't where you're buying a product but you don't know what's inside. Okay, yeah, that is technically the idea behind it, but at the same time, there's always difference between things like Hatchimals, Kinder Surprise, trading cards, where stuff even low end still has a returnable value. Loot boxes. If you're getting junk, you're literally getting junk. You're getting nothing that's worth even trading or anything because that that's a big part of those type of situations. You know, I I'm a, I've been a, a basketball card collector for over 20 years. I'm a world, I'm a Magic the Gathering player for over 20 well not 20 years probably about four or five years technically, but you know I got cards going back forever and a day. Even even the most common shit still has value, and I can trade it off to other people. Loot boxes. If I'm playing a game and I'm going and I get a piece of trash, I can't trade it off to another person to get something different or something better. I'm stuck with it. I've just wasted my money on something that, on something that I'm not getting money back for. And that's where a lot of the, these people, the, the companies, don't seem to quite get it. Is that when they're giving us trash, they're literally giving us trash that we can't get rid of. And we're we're forced to be saddled with it, and the the multiple times that we get settled with the same piece of trash over and over and over, with, especially you know things like Call of Duty and, and Battlefront and all that shit is just insane. You know, hell, even going back to World of Warcraft, which has RNG loot mechanics in it, the mechanics aren't that bad because at least the you know grey and white junk that you get, you get gold back for it. But no, no loot boxes. Surprise mechanics, and that it's not gambling. It's akin to buying a product, uh, one of the mystery products or a mystery bag product. You know, like the, the Lego minifigs. You don't know what's in the bag, yeah, but still, I might get four copies of fucking Donald Duck from the latest fucking run, but I can still sell off three of the four that I got and make money. Right. <laughs> so here's a little scenario I want to paint for you guys. I'm in the grocery store, walking down the cereal aisle. I see a box of Lucky Charms in there. And I see on that box of Lucky Charms, free Dakota ring inside. I'm a grown-ass man eating Lucky Charms, and I want a Dakota ring, all right? Nothing wrong with that. So there's, that Dakota ring is a piece of loot, and it's inside of a box of cereal. It is a loot box of cereal, and I know it's inside of it. So I'm going to pay the five bucks for that box of cereal. I'm going to go home. I'm going to pour myself a bowl of diabetes and eat it with my fucking Dakota ring because I know what was inside of it. Gaming industry now. Turn it into oh, Lucky Charms. I'm actually, not saying I, you I, have I, to I, tell I, me... If I, can say, if I can sort of jump with on your analogy there. Like, Dakota ring inbox. Guaranteed. That's a one-to-one ratio. Loop, loop, loop boxing would be saying Lucky Charms now has a one in 25 ratio of you getting that Dakota, kit, Dakota ring. But here's how you fix it, though. You actually produce loot boxes that don't tell you what's inside of it, but it actually tells you what kind of stuff is inside of it. So say, for example, let's go with Overwatch, for example. All right. You have multiple tiers of loot boxes. You have a skin box where you are guaranteed nothing but skins in that box. And one of them is guaranteed to be a legendary. You have another one for voice emotes. You're guaranteed voice emotes in that loot box so now you can actually go ahead and pick the one that you want pay for the one that you want and you know that you're going to get what is inside that box because it tells you what is actually in that box without telling you the specifics of it 
And that's because Overwatch is a system where they actually check your account and they don't exactly prevent duplicates, but I do know they have one where it's kind of like diminished like chances if you already have it. But even still, you get actual currency if you do get a duplicate and you can use that to buy the one that you actually want. But still, you actually have some knowledge of what you're buying. If they so were actually to revamp fun. loot boxes like that, I would actually be more for them. So you're basically saying the old um, basketball card scenario. Yeah. You in a pack of fifteen cards, you on the back. You, if you actually have a look at the back of the wrapping, and this is going back to like the the nineties. It was you would have say you bought a, a pack of NBA hoops, fifteen pack, fifteen cards a pack, one guaranteed in a one to one guaranteed insert, bang. Then you have a one in twenty five chance of this other subset, or and a one in thirty five chance of a third subset. Etc. Etc. So that's essentially what you're saying. It's like just basically put it on the label that you are guaranteed to get at least one of these, and here are your chances of getting the other. Right. But I'm also saying the label these loot boxes as to what type of loot is actually inside of them. It's no longer oh, I just bought a loot box. I don't know what's inside of it. I just opened it I, up and got a bunch I, of random I junk. No. No. I. I already sort of skipped that part because I said basketball cards because in a pack of basketball cards, you're getting basketball cards. You're not getting fucking football, baseball, hockey cards in a basketball card pack. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably the best way I, w I could think of to keep loot boxes around and make them more desirable and not get so much flack. If players actually had some knowledge of what they were buying without actually telling them what's in the box, but at least categorizing it so they know they're buying a certain category, then I would be for that. But the other thing is you also hit something else on now on the head as well. With Overwatch, as the example, they have a scale, an increasing scale of getting that legendary based on how many lower tier stuff you get. They actually check your account and try to avoid duplicates if possible. Now, no other company seems to be wanting to put that system in. They're happy to throw more and more junk at you. I think a lot of this could be avoided if a lot of the companies institute that same system that Blizzard has with Overwatch that checks your account and goes, okay, he's, he's uh, recently got like five Genji skins. How about we switch it over and maybe give him a Junkrat instead because he's missing more Junkrat skins. <clears throat> they won't do that. Because that lowers the chance of them getting more money from the person. I actually, I know, I know, I know but at the same time, it sort of would make this whole you know art loot box gambling thing sort of end up being a little bit lesser than what it is. Actually, counter argument to that, Keith, Blizzard is actually doing that, not with Overwatch, but with Hearthstone. No, no, I mean, most companies don't want to do that. I know Blizzard's doing it because Blizzard actually is one of the companies that's actually changed it in a couple of different country, uh, regions. Um, but the problem is EA, the biggest offender of most of them, would not do that. The fact that they're arguing that a loot box is a surprise mechanic, and it is a surprise mechanic, but it it's in the grand scheme of things, they think it's ethical. I don't think it is. Uh, the person who purchased such items will say, hey, this is not ethical. This is not fun. If I'm buying 15 of a loot box, I'm expecting to get you know, a different character every time and majority of the time I get the same damn character over and over and over and over. That's not fun. And that's going to be people will have for brain will say, you know what? This is not worth my while. 
people that are so determined to get that item will keep spending their money and spending their money and spending our money. And this is the point where I don't get where EA thinks that this is right. Because that part right there is very, very similar to gambling. Hey, I didn't win last time. I'm going to do it again. I didn't win this time. I'm going to keep going. 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 How do you not see that as, as a bad thing? Yeah, it's great for you. You're getting money. But for the person who is doing this, maybe they can't help themselves. Maybe they are just so determined to get this item. That's not a form of gambling. There's no guarantee. There was an article very much like you just said the other day that I read. Uh, it was I think the guy spent like $700 to try and get this one rare item in Call of Duty. And then when he got it, he just went, oh, that's it. And he was just disappointed because he just wasted $700 on an item. I mean, there have been stories throughout the years where kids would take their parents' credit cards and, and money and doing this over and over and over to get what they wanted. You're basically... Wait, 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 which is a sign of gambling addiction. Yes, but these idiots and their lawyers are arguing that it's not. Oh, we don't see any issue with it. How do you not? That is gambling. The fact that you're not making it easy or offering any chance of success to get an item and your surprise mechanics, your loot boxes, is wrong. Great for you, not for the people who are trying to get this. That is gambling. It is no different than if I went to a casino, I put money into a slot machine, I pulled the lever, and that's it. But they want to go into parliament and everywhere else and make a mockery of, of the justice system, the law system, of people's intellect, and say, yeah, this is what it is. This is fine. We're great. It's good. I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. It's logical that this is what you're doing, but you want to pull the war everybody's eyes and say, no, this is not what's happening. This is totally not what's happening. I think I saw an analogy on, on, on Reddit about this, and somebody was like, this is just like going to the store. Because they did say in that argument that it was like going to the store and buying your favorite your, your toy surprise. And somebody was like, so if I go to the store and I buy a Lego kit, and I got everything that's Lego kit, and I got to keep buying the same set over and over and over to get... The one thing that's only one of these boxes, like a drag or something. You didn't tell me keep buying this over and over and over and over and over so I can eventually get this item. Instead of being able to go and buy this item directly, how is that not gambling? How is that not a form of forcing me to pay for something because I can't get it any other way? Yeah, it is gambling all the way down to its core. And honestly, this is going to get brought up again and again and again and again. But the problem is if it hasn't been solved yet, it's probably not going to be solved anytime soon. Well, half the half the problem actually goes back to um, goes back to how they're doing it. They're going into parliaments where the politicians are in their you know sixties and yeah. beyond, and they have no clue about gaming. They don't want to know about gaming. They hire people to find out about this type of stuff for them, and they're getting misinformation. They're getting misled, and we can see it. The gaming industry, like. Uh, like journalists and, and gamers read the article and go, hold on, they're being misled by the company, but we can't do anything about it until the politicians actually have a genuine interest and actually give a fuck and actually decide, hey, I'm going to research this shit properly. Nothing's going to be done about this. And it's probably going to take at least another generation of politicians because it's going to be our parents' generation that are going to fucking be the ones that step into it I mean, from, from here on out. You know, we're still another two generations away before any of this shit will be fixed. By then, it's going to be too fucking late. I mean, this is... I mean, and if you use past history, all they had to do was bring up Battlefront 2 again. 
where you could not level, you could not progress unless you actually bought a loot box, which weren't called surprise mechanic. It was literally called a loot box. How is that not gambling when you're forcing me to buy this shit to play the game? And then after so much backlash, you took it out because you knew you were wrong. They took it out as a sign of good faith, and then they went and put it back in. Just, like, just reduced it slightly. They tweaked it by, like, 25% or something. No, they took it out. They said good faith. What it was was, this game is not getting sold. It has been put back in since. Yeah, it has been put back in since. And the game's dead, though. The game is literally dead. Nobody wants to play it. EA sent me a copy, and I felt like sending it back return to sender. I am playing this shit. They pretty much... Killed off their game. The, the, disc, the disc is sitting on my shelf, collecting fucking dust. Because you should burn I don't it. Even want to, I don't no, even it, want to wait, don't burn it. It hurts the atmosphere. Don't burn it. Bury it. No, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pollute the earth with... Bury it with E.T. Actually, you can't bury it with E.T. They excavated those cartridges, remember? I'm pretty sure there's a couple of them still in there somewhere. Go find it and bury it next to it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm going to spend like five grand to fly back and forth to New Mexico just to bury one game disc. But it'd be worth it, right? Right? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's, that's, a, that's more wasting of money. I'd rather but, spend $5,000 on those goddamn loot boxes. This is, this is the game. stuff that bothers me. This is the kind of smoking mirrors that companies will do because they know they're unethical. It's wrong, but if they can get away with it, they'll do it. Which is why EA was rated one of the worst companies a while ago. So, I mean, a while ago. Aren't they still the worst company? No. I think some of them. I think they got, so, they got uh, released from that a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. I think Comcast actually took that moniker. But they, Somebody but they, won it, they won it like two or three years in a row or something like that. Well, in the, in the game industry, they have their own individual one. And EA was up there like 2018. But I think, I, I, don't quote me on this, I think maybe Activision surpassed them. Let me look that up. Yeah, let me look that up. Because everybody has their own list. Oh, and somebody said Konami. It's always Konami. Which is true. No one can, can let Konami, that whole Konami's con- always going to be number two. Yeah, because no one can let go of the whole Hideo Kojima thing. Yeah. Pachinko. Just remember, just remember, EA, <laughs> EA was rated the worst company in America a couple years back. That is still saying something. That is like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Anywho, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, yeah, I'm done beating a dead horse with a stick for now. Until the, you know, the topic comes back around next month because something stupid happens with loot boxes again. It's, <sighs> Until they fuck it up again. I, it was, what was it? It was something else somebody said. Oh, yeah, they were like, um, and I think it might have been brought up in that, that uh, problem at that meeting. If a kid walks into a casino, whose job is to stop the kid from going to casinos? Is it the parents or the establishment? Both. Maybe the parents. It, it's, well, here's the thing. As a parent, I know my kids will lie to me, and they will go do something even though I told them not to do it. You are not around your kid 24-7. Your kids can and will find a way. However, if they step into your establishment... Your job is to turn away anybody who should not be there. You should be turning away kids from a casino because you know damn well the kid is not supposed to be in a casino. Bet you a million dollars if that kid walked up to a slot machine, won that money, they'd be like, oh, wait, you're underage, you can't have this money. So why even let them in there? Well, casino, casinos in Australia have security at every entrance checking IDs. If a kid walks up to them without you know, not being 18, they turn around and go, yeah, sorry, kid, turn around, fuck off. No, and that's like yeah, most casinos in this country but, and but, bars. But even, but even, but even then, when they come up with their parents, they will not let the parents through while they have a, an underage minor with them. Oh no, they that's how most they casinos. Can't, they, can't even, they can't even walk across the casino floor with a kid. That's how casinos are in the states. You cannot. You're, you're not allowed. You are not allowed in there. 
but because this is gaming and they don't see it as anything but a child's medium, they don't care, which is which is pretty stupid because if most governments see gaming still as a child hobby, then why aren't they doing more to to protect the children from this predatory practice? Because one, they're stupid. Two, it's money. Three, they're stupid. And this even goes back to this. This is this is a practice that can really wreck a person, right? And yet we just classify gaming a gaming addiction in this country. What the fuck? And it's like the, these kids that grow up like, oh yeah, I buy loot boxes all the time, no problem. What happens when they turn eighteen and they're introduced to get to actual fucking gambling machines, like you know the the fucking one armed bandits and shit? You know they're not gonna they're not gonna see the difference between what they did as a kid playing buying loot boxes and putting dollar coins or you know 25 cent coins or whatever into a slot machine they're not going to see a difference because that's now normal yeah it's addictive habits create addictive habits yeah topics like this also kill a podcast it's time to get out of here guys oh we're not going to talk about dr disrespect i mean i totally wanted to talk about no i did no i didn't talk about that guy who who? fuck what no No. anything he ever does past present or fucking future I agree, one hundred and twenty percent. I didn't even know I who get... he was until you guys like brought him up today. Keep it that way. Forget it. We mentioned him. All right. Well, <laughs> how, how about we end on, on a, a nice, happy note? Is there anything that we're looking at spending our money on soon besides Borderlands Three? Besides Borderlands Three, <laughs> uh, there are four games coming out that I want to play. Um, well, actually, one of them I don't have to pay for, thanks to you. So, there's one game out of the way. Uh, Gears of War Five, Astro Chain, not Astro Train. Um, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Looking forward to that. I don't know why. Uh, taking my kids to the amusement park. I don't know why I'm looking forward to spending money to do that. But yeah. So yeah. There are some things looking forward to that are happy, happy. Joy, joy. I got too many bills to spend money on anything. So I'm I'm looking forward to window shopping um, a whole bunch of games. Josh, I am right there with you. But if I learned anything, I have to try and enjoy myself or I'm going to go sad. I can't enjoy myself because I'm going to go broke and I won't be able to pay bills. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a difference. You also make more money than I do. I also spend more money than you do. Because you make more than you can. <laughs> no, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, I should be able to save more money, not spending on a brand new furnace in my freaking house and a new essential air for my house and a new transmission for my car. No, no, I'm not in a good place. He's not spending money on that. That's collector's editions to buy, goddammit. Dude, I only have one CE. And that's because I know I could probably pawn it off if I need to. Everybody wants that damn Doom Internal Collector Edition. I don't. I just want to play the damn game. Well, yeah. People want that helmet, and I have that helmet, and that could bring me some money. I'm sorry if I decide to sell it. Well, you can make that decision. I'm going to decide to possibly end this podcast. Yeah, you rambling. do that, sir. You do that. I'm going to go play some more Bloodstains. Let's go. All right. So we, get, done. Yeah, so we can get Keith over to his bloodstained addiction so he can buy more loot boxes over there. I don't think I've ever bought a loot box. I don't think I've ever... No, I take that back. I did fucking Overwatch. Aha! Which yeah, is a game I don't want to play. Overwatch has claimed us all at one point. I don't play a game anymore, though, so yeah, we're fine. Yeah, me neither. So, ladies and gentlemen, everyone else in between, for Keith, for Carl, I'm JJ Peters saying, once again, Godspeed to all you out there in Radio Land. Peace.